So what's your podcast about? Superheroes. It's a little geeky, but I think you guys are going to like it. Try not to be too geeky. No, I can't promise that. Should we begin? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. And now, your hosts, Kelsey Dickerson, Brad Fay, Kate Fay, and Noah Berlin. Hold on to your butts. Welcome, everybody, to the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. We have a very special episode for you today, as we are here to recap the entire first season of House of the Dragon and give out our season-long awards for the most important aspects of the show. I am here with my House of the Dragon Pinot Noir, and I am lucky enough to be joined by the entire crew today. We've got Ali G in the house. We have Kate. We have Travis. We've got Brad. And we have Kelsey Lee D all back. And I cannot wait to relive this entire season with you guys. Now, I know I don't need to say this. Obviously, we are recapping the entire season of the show. So, of course, there will be spoiler uh, spoilers throughout the entire episode. If you missed anything, you need to rewatch an episode. Go ahead and rewatch some of our episodes as well. We have those on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, all that. And relive all the action with us as well. But... I think it's time to just get this underway. We have a lot to talk about, and we're going to start with the most valuable player, the MVP of season one. Now, I'll start with you, Kate, because you're always the MVP. Who was your MVP for season one of House of the Dragon? I think mine's pretty obvious. You guys will probably have the same one, but I chose Rhaenyra um, just because she's the main character, and I love her. Um, I think she's a total badass. And she's really smart. She knows how to play the game. She's not ending on such a great note here, but I think she's coming back strong in season two. I'm surprised you picked Rhaenyra. I thought you were going to go with her boy, Damon. I love Damon, but I love a strong woman. Rhaenyra, you go, girl. (laughs) Do you have Damon, Kelsey? Is that who your MVP is? I do have Damon. And then as uh, as a follow-up to that, I have young Rhaenyra as my uh, runner-up MVP. Yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah, I have Damon. He, it's so funny because obviously with House of the Dragon, just so much happens. I was really trying to think about all of the categories that we're going over today and how much happened in, in just 10 episodes. And you forget like Damon, we all fucking hated Damon, like mm. <laughs> right away. And he himself. just makes such, <laughs> well, Ali, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say for you, but I hated Damon at the first, <laughs> you know, you think about his Morbius character and his small beady eyes as Noah likes to remind us every episode. Um, but he just made a complete 180 for me. I love his character. I love the gray characters that Game of Thrones has. And I think he's a perfect representation of that. So He's my MVP. Uh, was it number one in our in our hearts? There you go. Allie <laughs> <laughs> G, how about you? He had another number. <laughs> number two. <laughs> number two in House of the Dragon. Number one in our hearts. There we go. He's Maybe. number sixty-nine in my heart. <laughs> uh, yeah. Already starting, huh? Already yeah. starting. <laughs> um. So, yeah, honestly, like, I know I say this every time, but I just struggle so hard with MVP and LVP because I just, like, feel so strongly about things all the time. So I'm like, oh, who is, like, who do I love versus who, like, truly played the game the best, was the smartest? Like, that's very hard for me to compartmentalize. So I'll just tell you both. Number one, 
I'm very surprised at myself because I hated young Rhaenyra, hated her, but she absolutely ended up being my MVP overall. Like, and honestly, it was really in the finale when she did the whole, like, should I start a war because I'm mad energy? Like, she just like truly was doing everything for the good of the realm. And even being like, if I don't become queen, like I told my father I'd protect the realm. Like, that's what this whole thing is about. I was just like, yo, respect. Um, also honorable mention was Rainey. She was a bad bitch. But in terms of like who played the game the most, I know all season I said I hated Otto Hightower so much, but I would say he put himself in the best spot in the end. Like truly hate that dude. I did think it was kind of like, there wasn't a lot of like scheming, which I would have liked. Um, but also another honorable mention, like Amond, even though he kind of fucked up there in the end a lot, like he made a lot of money moves. Like even when he was a kid, he like took that dragon and is always like, seem schemey, which I just like like from Game of Thrones. <laughs> anyway, there's my very long-winded answer. Rhaenyra was my MVP. <laughs> Love it. I'll, I'll, do it. I'll say um, my, my MVP is definitely going to be Vagar. I, uh, <laughs> I went back and forth. Vagar, without Vagar, we don't have a show. I mean, the, the, the Greens would have no shot in this entire war if they didn't have Vagar on their side. Um, so I guess Vagar, and, and by extension, Amen, I have to include him since he's the one who won him over. But the war is over before it even starts. It's already 13 to four. It'd be 13 to three, and it wouldn't have the biggest dragon in the entire realm. So uh, just the purpose of having the show and carrying the whole war in season two, uh, I'll say Vagar. She's like a senile old lady, though. Like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's not even listening to Ema. Like, she's I don't a know. strong like, girl. Big, yeah, that's true. Bitch, but like... <laughs> Now, Brad, this is the part where you shock us all with some very obscure character that no one would ever think of as your L MVP. Tell us, Brad, tell us why Laris Strong is your MVP. <laughs> oh, damn, I forgot about him. Can I change it? <laughs> no, I... I He's like, um... my MVP is uh, Queen Allison's feet. <laughs> my boy, George R. R. Martin, because uh, we all know how much I stand him. Me too, Brad. Um, and just reminds everybody, you know, everyone wants to get on him about not finishing the books, but had this guy not fleshed out this world this much and already thought this stuff through and the history's through, this show would have taken, like, how long would it take to write a show like this, this complex with all the time jumps? Like, they would have spent, like, 10 years writing this show. But instead, like, they had it for us within, like, what, five years of Fire and Blood coming out? So George R. R. Martin, thinking this through from the very start, you take all the time you need, George. You keep giving us content like this. You take all the time you need. I so, think I saw that he's like 70 or 80% through. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh. He's been working on this book since 2011. Like, <laughs> he's 75% done. And other stuff. And other stuff. And other stuff. Um, I also saw a picture of him on Halloween. And he, he literally was wearing the same exact outfit that he always wears, but the shirt was like a little bit different shade of green. And he said he was shaggy from Scooby-Doo. It's like, bro, you are dressed literally as yourself. Your shirt just happens to be green. Was no, that you're just so wife? mad that he got dressed. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, get back, get back in the house and write. It's a, yes. Why are you celebrating Halloween? Celebrate by writing on your little typewriter, George. Get back at it. Sit down. Hey, he's a Jets fan who's been waiting for a decent year from his team for a long time. Let him watch those games, y'all. Uh, well, for me, I have a, a, a more of a jokey one and more of a serious one. I think my jokey one is that the MVP is Sir Lainor Valerian. 
And and the reason I say it is because no one in this universe of Game of Thrones, of House of the Dragon, no one gets to do what they want. Everyone has to do their duty or like, you know, you come from a shitty family. You got to just be a poor the whole time. I don't know. But this guy, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I have a wife. Yeah, I have a powerful family. Yeah, I have children that count on me. Uh, yeah, I'm the heir to Driftmark. Yeah, I have a sweet dragon. Fuck it all. I want. I just want to go off with my lover and Carl with a Q and just be, <laughs> you know, just have sex with men. I don't. I, whatever. Like that's all he wanted to do, and he gave it all up for it. And like, I just think there's something to be said. So he's he's a winner. Maybe he's not the most valuable, but he's a winner this season for sure. That's a really good point. Did anyone on Game of Thrones ever do that? Like, nah, this is what I want. Like, I'm, I'm out. Do this. I don't think there was like, he yeah, just, that's, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. So and only go. one person had to die for him to live his happily ever after, which that's a shitty way to die. But whoever that was in the fire, that sucks. But yeah, imagine like that dude like has worked his entire life protecting the family Valerian. He's just wandering on the stairs and his next <laughs> nap for this. Plot. Like what the fuck did that guy do? No idea why. <laughs> Aww. Uh, Still in but... a way protecting them. Like he continued yeah. to do his duty. <laughs> He did. I guess he did. Uh, but the real MVP of the season is us, right? It's us. Oh. It's all of us on this call. But it's all of us I get to watch this because straight up, like it's been three years since Game of Thrones ended and it ended in a way that most people were not super happy about, right? And so you never really know what the legacy was going to be of Game of Thrones. And I said it after, like when we did our first episode on episode on the pilot of this show, that if they stick the landing with this show, if this show is great, House of the Dragon, it's going to do so much for the legacy of Game of Thrones. And already I've been talking to people who had never seen Game of Thrones and have never seen this, but like, you know, it's like, hey, watch House of the Dragon first. It's easier to get through. It's not as intimidating. And you will definitely like it. And that will definitely make you want to go back and rewatch Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that ultimately for the like for the fans like us, you know, it's just great to have this kind of content be brought back into this world. So, yeah, I stand by that. Uh, we are the real MVP or the real winners, the real MVPs <laughs> of this season. That's a great but, point. You know what, Noah? I would say, sorry, just to jump in really quick. Yeah. It's it's crazy how much nostalgia is brought back by watching House of the Dragon and getting back into that lore and that world and how much I miss all of us every Sunday. We're so excited to watch Game of Thrones and for it to end the way it did. I know some people are happy about it. Most people weren't, but it is really nice to be back in that world and be able to talk about it. Yeah, and I it makes it. you just think about some of the things that happened in this that remind you of something that happened in Game of Thrones. And like, then we're focusing on those awesome parts of the show. We're not just focused on the end, which was what it was. You know what I mean? We're, we're really thinking about some of these moments that really stuck with us for such a long time and then kind of got forgotten about. So speaking of forgotten about and maybe some big losers, there's a lot of them. Well, we have a lot of losers throughout this entire, uh, each episode, but for the season-long LVP, Travis, who are you thinking? Who do you have for that? Yeah, so it's funny, you know, thinking back on the show. I feel like in you know, the show, the entire episode started months ago now that you almost forget about some of the people early on. The biggest LVP the whole season was Crab Theater. I mean, the worst villain <laughs> of all time. It's almost like you forget about him. He was in this show so long ago. The yep. first episode, maybe the second episode too, he was hyped up to be the big bad villain. The whole show was kind of revolving around and then he just died like that in episode three. <laughs> and you never thought about him again. The show has moved completely past him. I think you're totally right. The crab feeder. Yeah, that was a lot of buildup for a whole lot of nothing. 
I would assume that you probably are saying all we remember him as being cut in half, being dragged out of that cave, which <laughs> is all I remember yeah. for. And his like weird straggly, straggly hair. Oh, gross skin. face, half a face. <laughs> Let's just turn this into the roast of Crab Man. I like that. <laughs> <I'm> disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Ali's like, don't, <laughs> don't actually. He was my, my <laughs> He was your favorite character. <laughs> Ali, who was your LVP? Um. So. I honestly think the characters I was just the most disappointed in were Rhaenyra's kids. Like, I just wanted so much more from them. I They fucking sucked. They were such push, pussies. Like, you would think with such a powerhouse family, like, you would be cool literally at all. And especially considering, like, Aemon turned out to be a little bit, like, low-key badass. And even Aegon, like, at least he was pure comedy. But Rhaenyra's kids, I just, like... <laughs> hadn't felt no feelings for which sounds really creepy but it's like they just I didn't care about them at all but in terms of like who took the most L's this season like it's got to be Viserys like that dude is looking on from the afterlife like I built this whole <laughs> kingdom where I just wanted this big happy family and everyone to be happy and then it just like completely goes to hell the moment he dies <laughs> and you know but he don't know that he, in his no, mind, he went out on a high, the highest level. He was watching everyone having a great time. He got carried out and was like, oh, I did it. Like, we were all laughing behind his back the entire, like, at him, not with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you make a good point, though, where whether he knew it or not, he, he is the LVP of the season, right? Because the biggest loser, he went from being the leader of the Targaryen dynasty, the biggest and baddest dynasty they have with the dragons and everything that's ever existed. He's called Viserys the peaceful. And that's really kind of his vibe. Like he was a good dude, but he, and he thought he was doing the right thing, but the decisions that, that he made and the decisions he didn't make ultimately led to the destruction of his entire dynasty. Like his legacy is almost the beginning of the end of the Targaryens. And so you know, if that's what your legacy is like, then you're a loser. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I don't think he made bad decisions necessarily. Like, dude, okay, let's, had, let's run through him. Let's run through him. All right? He had auto scheming. But I mean, maybe you could say he should have like given auto the boot like way earlier. He had like everything. He gave him the boot and he brought him back. Okay. Let, Brad, was- here we go. Look. First off, he was short-sighted. He named his daughter heir before he needed to. Okay. That was one. Whether you like Rhaenyra or not, it was a short-sighted move. He ignored everyone's advice, and instead of marrying um, Lena Valerian or anyone else he was told to, which would have been great for his alliances and shoring up the legacy and shoring up the family and all that, he married Alicent out of nowhere, which alienated them. He refused to take action against some of these enemies, which would have helped the alliances and all that. He sent away Damon, who, even though Damon's crazy, Damon was nothing but loyal to him and, like, when you don't have someone really truly looking after you and Damon said that to him, you know, I'm the only one that really had your back here. I mean, he made a lot of very bad decisions. Other than those though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'll argue with you on the like him naming his daughter heir. Cause like, yeah, in hindsight, we could look at it. Oh, he did that before he had to, but if that dude would have got got like two days later, like no one knows. I do remember at the beginning of the season, like we didn't know he was going to last as long as he did. He was bleeding on the chair. He, we thought at the time, like, oh, this guy's going to go any day now. Like, so yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, but it's a thing in this. It's a thing in this thing where it's like, 
this person will rule in my stead until the heir comes of age kind of thing. Like that's what Robert said. Like Ned Stark will rule until Joffrey comes of age. He could have said, Al, uh, what's her name? Rhaenyra is my heir unless I have a boy and then that happened or whatever. Like, So we should have named them interim. He should have named their interim coach. <laughs> Ten day contract. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Lindsay Hunter of fucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buying into an interim coach. <laughs> what else? Caterade. Um, my LVP is Kristen Cole. I hate his face, and also in this picture, he looks really ugly. Which I <laughs> that doesn't even look I like put it up. He looks like a troll, but um, he is kind of like, he started out really strong for me. I was like, dude, this guy's hot. Like he is like bound to Rhaenyra. He's defending her. Like, this is great. And then he got like, so love struck and was just like, I don't know. He just like was obsessed with her and then lost his mind and went to Allison's side. And I just hated him ever since. And he's like killing people. He's running around killing people. And nobody seems to care. And I just hate him. He does yeah, look really weird in that picture. Cool. That does not look like him. No, Allie, what, what are your thoughts on that? I see you uh, making faces over there. You just, that dude fucking sucks. Like yeah. he was just <laughs> simping all over the place. Like there's never been a bigger simp on earth. And when he's like, oh, come, we had sex one time. Like he is an incel. Like leave your whole <laughs> Queendom to come bang me across the narrow sea like who the fuck do you think you are dude like yeah oh man he was the worst and then he was just like so angry like he was such just a typical male honestly okay for a decade though <laughs> he <laughs> couldn't get over a one-night stand and so he was salty one for night. a decade he, um, he had to have lost his virginity to her had to have. had to have had to have. kate question for you uh when you see a character's face <laughs> in a scene who do you hate more Lara Strong or Chris, uh, Kristen Cole? Kristen Cole. Ooh. Yeah. Really? Next. Yeah. Elsie, you feel the same way? Hell no. At least Kristen Cole is nice to look at. Like, Laris definitely looks like a creep, and he is a creep. So, no, I don't want to look at his face at all. Yeah, but <laughs> at least I agree. Laris Kristen. On, we're like, what now? What is this? <laughs> 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 at least he's, like, useful to somebody. He's not useful to anybody. He killed his whole family for no Allison. fucking reason. Just so he could see Allison's feet. Like, cool. He gives okay. her good info. I really hope that there's nothing more to it. It doesn't evolve into anything else. Literally all the shit that he did is literally just for the feet picks. <laughs> like, it just doesn't his evolve. Family, the, he was playing the long game of looking at feet. <laughs> He's like, you can't get this anywhere else. Children fights? Yes. Queen, <laughs> no, I think you got to kill my whole family. <laughs> uh, all right. Anybody else have a LVP that is not Kristen Cole or King Viserys? I would say my LVP, speaking of Queen Alicent, is Queen Alicent herself. I just mm. cannot stand her story arc. I think it's absolutely horrible. She turns into a hypocritical, self-loathing, um, just wretch of a woman who... She, like, if we want to talk about people fucking things up, she fucks things up. Like, thinking that for some reason she's, there's 10 Aegons and King Viserys is only talking about her Aegon. Like, I cannot stand it. The whole, I don't know if she was behind the whole, like, ploy with, like, the picture that Otto gives to Rhaenyra that starts, you know, 
get questioning, making Rhaenyra question things, but I just, I can't stand hypocrisy. And especially when religion is used for hypocrisy and shit like that. So like, I just, I, she's my LVP for sure. Um, but other than that, I would say, uh, King Viserys's whatever skin condition, because we had to look at that for way too long. We thought he was going to die within the first episode and he literally was a rotting corpse the whole time. And we had to see him have sex. Oh, with <laughs> ugh, like, oh, so bad. So bad. Ooh. Um, I had one, I had, uh, the, the time jumps. I really thought like, I mm -hmm. wish they would have either been able to spend like i'm super impatient i always like want to get to the main point and blah 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 but like i wish they would either spend a little bit more time with all these characters rather than just showing us one key moment in their lives that's gonna like because in our minds like that's gonna define them everything amen does we're like oh it's because he got bullied as a kid that's all we saw so i wish they would have either spent more time with each character or like you could do things like with Jamie Lannister, we don't know anything of his backstory except for what people say about him. We never see flashbacks of him. We hear about him get, being the Kingslayer. And then we hear the story later of like why he did what we did. And we're like, oh, there's more to this character than I thought. By them choosing what moments they show us of each of these characters, I feel like they've kind of like set up how we're supposed to feel about them. And, uh, you know, a lot more. Huh. Yeah, that's I think that's well said. And I think that's one of the main differences between Game of Thrones, at least, you know, from what we saw of Game of Thrones compared to what we've seen so far of House of the Dragon, where House of the Dragon seems to be a little bit more kind of in your face and, and less up for interpretation a little bit. Yeah, I wonder too how much they felt rushed to like get to big crazy shit because people got used to it. Like Game of Thrones, like season one, you weren't like, come on, where's all the epic crazy scenes? Like, when's the crazy shit gonna happen? Like Game of Thrones set a lot of, like TV audiences up to expect that. So I wonder if House of the Dragon was like, dude, we can't do a first season where like there's not a crazy big, you know, Battle of the Bastards type setup. We we can't, we gotta get to that stuff faster. I don't know, but we'll we'll probably talk about this more later with like one of our topics. But like the first scene of the first episode of Game of Thrones is a little boy being pushed out of a tower. Like that's it, you just aren't seeing stuff like that in House of the Dragon, but I'll yeah that's true but that kind of goes into what you're talking about of like it's not like that long game it's really it's kind of well it's my cringe thing if we want to move on unless Noah, you had a unless you had an lvp that we haven't talked about no i think that's a perfect segue right here to go into the cringiest moment of the entire season so kelsey won't you keep it going so mine isn't an actual cringe moment i would say moments of i mean brad put it so eloquently of them just hitting the audience over the head with shit over and over and over. And it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just two things. It was multiple things throughout multiple episodes, usually. Like when it comes to Laris being um, like gay, when it comes to the whole strong boys, like that thing, like, and also, um, you know, seeing Laris, I think we talked about this in a previous episode too, but the things that Laris does behind the scenes, the white worm being revealed so quick, it's just very elementary when it comes to storytelling and especially what you come to expect so for me that's really cringe and that's that's a part of what kind of takes me out of house of the dragon a little bit but i'm excited hmm. to see where it goes Kelsey, hmm. i literally think the exact same thing that was exactly my cringe moment too like specifically them just like literally beating us over the head with the bastard thing yeah and it's just like i i know we'll talk about this later i don't think the show holds a candle to game of thrones at like 
act all. Like it was purely like for my entertainment, like Travis's fucking kids could watch it and say, I know what's going on. Like, please no, no. Just say like, (laughs) for you to just say like, oh, I wonder if they were like felt compelled to like hit us with those big moments like we had in Game of Thrones. Like what big moments are you talking about? Like Renice could have easily Dracarys them all in the ninth episode. Like the show would have gone on as we know from the Red Wedding. Like there was just a lot of, I wanted Game of Thrones back. And I know, Noah, you're always like, oh, it's not the same. Like, it literally has the same theme song. Like, it just <laughs> was really, I don't want to say, like, poorly done. I don't mean that I was entertained. I like the show. I can't wait for next season and everything. But just exact same thing as Kelsey of just, like, nothing was schemy. Everything was obvious. They told us literally everything. I don't know. I, I will say, I remember even early on, like uh, in Game of Thrones, when I would, uh, we were always campaigning. We we're always telling people, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And so I think I've watched season one of Game of Thrones. I mean, I probably can't even count on maybe two hands how many times I saw season one, because I would always watch with people who would start watching them. They have questions and they would always be texting me different questions. Wait, who is this again? What does this mean? Like, what's going on with this relationship? There really were no questions like that. Of season, like you could watch it once and you get what's happening in, in House of the Dragon for better or for worse. But yeah, I, I feel you. I, I understand what you're saying completely. Uh, Travis, over to you. Do you have one that's a specific um, moment from the season, or is it something more like that that speaks to just how the entire thing was put together? No, I I, I, I thought about this in, in terms of just moments. You know, like one moment of a show, and there's a, there's a ton of them. I mean, Aegon when he's jerking off early in the oh, show yeah. forgot I mean, about that talking about cringy talking about uncomfortable <laughs> and for me that one that's actually my runner-up so i'll, I'll, I'll roll that real quick <laughs> on that one it's not actually him jerking off that was cringe it was his mom walking in and just talking to him like like, like on no the bed deal. she like touches his leg under the covers yeah, it's like oh my oh. god have like walk out like just get, get the dude <laughs> to compose himself it's like, terrible for busy. everybody <laughs> yeah like get, hey clean yourself up meet me outside for five minutes in five minutes and i'll yell at you then like that's just awful, <laughs> Allison. So Allison, not the LVP for me, but that was an LVP moment. But for me, the most cringe moment was when Lena was trying to marry Viserys early on in the show. She's like talking about his dragons, like kind of oh, trying yeah. to seduce him. And yeah. I know in this world, it's like kind of normal that age gap. It wasn't a big deal. It was the same, you know, age gap that he ended up having with Allison, other than like three years. So it's no big difference. But just that she looked like she was nine, and yeah. he was like forty. He was just. Like, I remember watching that and just going, oh my God, it's uncomfortable. So that's my, that's my cringe casting, moment. Yeah, I was going to say the casting is so... Allison at least looks older. You could maybe mm-hmm. say like older teens, maybe young 20s in her younger stage. She looks like she was five to me. Like <laughs> yeah. and they were trying to say she was 12 years old or whatever she was supposed to be. She yeah. l- looked like she was about to go learn her ABCs. And she's like, yeah. I'll give you many fine children of the blood of old Valeria. And it's like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like when my blood comes, I can give you children. It's like, Jesus. I don't need to <laughs> oh goodness. Um, man. <laughs> Similarly, you know, I guess with, with her just looking like a little baby and just going back a little bit, I think that as much as some of the casting was a little uh, strange where older Amund looks so much older than, older Aegon but really the casting job they did specifically with young Rhaenyra older Rhaenyra 
young Allison, older Allison, it's like incredible. One of the best I've ever seen when you put them next to each other and all that. So that was unbelievable. And I think the casting mm-hmm. people could be an MVP of this season as well. But for my cringiest moments, I mean, there were two big ones and I did forget about uh, King Aegon jerking off. But <laughs> for me, it, it was the childbirth scenes. I couldn't get over it oh, and boy. we couldn't get past it because there were so many over the course of the season. It was just really ridiculous. Starting in episode one, we see Queen Emma they you know they cut the baby out of her and that was just like a god damn kind of thing then we see rainira when she gives birth and she has to go see allison right away and there's afterbirth on the ground and the trail of blood and that was fucking gross the neck lena she she literally chooses to burn herself to death because the childbirth was so bad and then the finale where like the premature birth and she has to grab it out of herself and oh god that was so bad it, they oh, all so and like just oh so that i mean the foot fetish super cringy the way they did it where there was like the gradual escalation of the scene where like she kind of just turns at first you don't really think anything of it then she takes off her shoes and it's like okay weird but whatever then she takes off her side then she like they just kept going up that was so freaking weird and cringy and then he just starts you know jane and as we talked about but man I, don't, I couldn't get past the childbirth things though no i had the same one of um laris's foot fetish i just it was so creepy to me and then you start thinking about it kind of like we already said you start thinking about it and you're like did he kill his whole family for feet and then it's even more cringy it was just like why like where did that come from it was almost like game of thrones like trying to be relatable or like funny (laughs) in the real world or something like budget little finger did not need to go that far yeah and i read something which does make sense of course and and maybe everyone (laughs) thought of this except for me but they basically said that it wasn't necessarily just about the fetish and the feet it's about demeaning the queen and the most powerful woman like coming down a level and, and having power over the most powerful woman and i guess that makes a little bit more sense with it but man i just can't get past the one visual of her turning to the side you know looking away as he's playing with himself that was just crazy like even so like demeaning her like make her show titties yes please <laughs> noah's gonna write to the show uh, producers yeah. now like yeah. i think Ex- your feet scenes can be a little bit stronger all right yeah <laughs> tell us more about george i'm gonna write a strongly worded letter um make these feet scenes into titty scenes please season two make that happen <laughs> there really weren't a lot of titties actually now that you think about it no and and you know i think it's probably a good thing that especially considering the fact that the two main characters of this show are females and having female writers and female directors for a number of the episodes, which I don't really think Game of Thrones ever did. It was a good thing to see that kind of way it was portrayed and be a little bit more, you know, accurate from a female's perspective, I suppose. Um, But that might be a little bit why. Um, So I don't know. I mean, it was good with the the female perspective not to have all the rape scenes for sure. Yeah, we didn't need those anymore. We had enough rape scenes, but I don't know if we need to replace with childbirth scenes. We didn't go from <laughs> yeah. one extreme to the so other. True that. It just lands somewhere in the middle, and we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Well, uh, moving on. Our next category is best fight. So, Brad, who do you have as your best fight of this season? 
I think they have a name for it. I don't know if they have a name, you know, like a Battle of the Bastards or anything. But when Dame, I put Damon versus everybody. Like when he's going <laughs> after the crab feet. I mean, yeah, granted, like that was a big letdown at the end in terms of his battle, quote unquote, battle with the crab feeder. But that that scene like leading up to it, where he's just like kicking everybody's ass and he's taking like, you know, he's getting, he knows how to zigzag. You know, from time to time, like he really showed how it was done. I I thought that was the best fight scene I could think of. That was, you know, because a lot of the other fight scenes, it seems were either just like in like jousting with each other. It was like a lot of that, which which were cool, but it's not like life or death. Like this was like a suicide mission. He definitely went on that. We didn't know which way it was gonna go. So I thought that was like the most badass like fight scene, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kelsey? Yeah, that was my same one. Was that it was. Damon just basically going after the crab feeder and it is it's really funny that you bring up the zigzag because there was like thousands of arrows coming down on him and how did he not like I think he only had one and it barely hit him in the shoulder or whatever um but thinking upon it it's not truly a fight scene but I think a turning point or that we see especially because it comes after a time jump is uh when Queen Allison stabs Rhaenyra in front of everybody and she says okay now everyone sees you for who you truly are um so I think that was a huge turning point but I agree just anytime Damon was fighting or even all the shit that he said like all the time to people like <laughs> I guess that could be like verbal fighting I love that shit <laughs> Allie who you got um yeah I said the exact same thing honestly I like can't even really remember that much fighting going on like I feel like the show is relatively tame and like I did think the crab theater thing was like kind of dumb but yeah it was exciting I feel like it was the only time in the show that I was like oh shit what a, like what's gonna happen here and also just it being episode two I think that like got me pumped like oh this is gonna be some Game of Thrones shit like this is happening in episode two like it can, where are we going where are we going from here and yeah I just obviously love Damon um, I guess the only other like super notable fight scene is obviously the kids fighting, but it's not like they were badass or anything. Like I wanted some like Battle of the Bastards, you know, type stuff. And I feel like, yeah, Damon and the Crab Dude were the closest that we got, which was was sweet. I will say that the kids fighting like could be a cringe too, because like to your point, Rhaenyra's kids being such a disappointment, like they're always getting their ass beat all the oh. time. How are you not learning at all, even in the time jump? Like they didn't get any better. If anything, they got worse. So yeah, it was terrible. No, yeah. uh, you got you got Rhaenyra versus the pig, right? <laughs> it's a boar. Yeah, I actually had it with the kids as my best fight. I like that scene a lot where. It was like four against one. Eamon was holding his own uh, against the four of them. But like the little girl, I, I don't think it was Bela, punched Eamon in the face. And then he punched her back. I'm like, God damn. Yeah. He's like, you will die screaming in flames just as your father did. Bastards. I'm like, God, like, that's when you first see Amy. He had just, he was always timid and, and a little weird. But as soon as he got Vagar, he just became a complete psycho. And it changed his entire personality. And you saw it in the scene for the first time and it, it led to his eye getting cut out by Luceris. Uh, so yeah, I th that was actually my, my best fight. What about you, Travis? Yeah. You know, I think it's been mentioned. There wasn't a ton of fight scenes in the show. So the only one that wasn't mentioned was the dragon fight at the end. But since there wasn't a ton of fight scenes, I'll say my, my best fight is the upcoming fight between Eamon and Damon. 
Yeah, I can't wait for that. I mean, they have the same name. It's like it's like the Spider-Man meme looking at each other, like <laughs> Luigi while Luigi. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're going to be the best rivals of all time. They they better match up. I think, and I haven't read the books. Back to MVP. Shout out to all of us for not reading the books. Yeah, it makes it way more exciting. Um, with Game of Thrones, I had read them all, so still still really enjoyed it. But it's different, not knowing anything. So I have no idea if they're actually going to meet. But I feel like they have to. And have I can't to. wait for that. So that'll be my best fight scene. Yeah, that'd well, be amazing. Agree. Yeah, I feel like to. that has to happen, but I'm also kind of like, how would anyone know that Eamon took down Luke unless he just goes home and snitches on himself? Yeah. Well, so going back to that scene, I actually have a couple questions for you. So well, I, the, I assume that, like, maybe they are, as much as it seems like they're flying around so much, like maybe the roars and stuff, they could hear it from Dragonstone and then someone snitched or something. Well, or like, I that feels. Saw- Sorry, I saw a tweet that in the book, the reason they know is because like a couple days later, um, the dragon's body washes up on like the shore. And so they're like, oh no, he obviously got murked by this other dragon. But again, like, I'm not sure, like, Eamon could literally go home and be like, I don't know what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. I mean, he could, but like, keep in mind, like a lot of people were like, you know, it, like whether they were Baratheons or whatever were there and the last thing they saw was Eamon go running out after Luke like when yeah. he left so it'd be like I don't know last we saw that kid like Eamon was getting on his dragon was kind of telling Luke he needed to take an eye out and then that's <laughs> but, what but would they stitch on themselves though Be- <laughs> they were gonna go into the green side so they didn't do no, it. But, but why would they even say they're going to the green side so why would they even say anything yeah, to you yeah but it could have been like a you know a, a maid or something like that that isn't necessarily yeah. on that side and then saw that shit happen and you know write a little raven yeah. something something but do you Luke, think you know that that happened? like luke is also a little bitch he could have ran into a cliff like <laughs> I, I also read though in the books that they said that it happened like right next to old town like it was in the skies over old town so they still yeah. saw it or yeah. uh, not old town but um storm's end yeah, where the Rathians are. So they, they the people saw it apparently, and in, in the yeah. show they flew for miles, but in the books it's like right there. Gotcha. That'd be wild if season two opens with like a bunch of people going about their day to day business in a town, and dragon pieces just start like <laughs> falling on people that. living in this town as they're like getting water for the day. That'd be like an episode of the boys mashup. I mean, I, I know what <laughs> I know what the answer is here, but like, can you? Okay, I'm thinking of. People just doing their thing, dragon pieces and guts fly on them. Or you're just like, you know, a citizens of a citizen of King's Landing, like working your trade as a blacksmith, walking around, and you just get nut flying on you from Amon, who's jerk or Aegon jerking all of it. That's someone's origin story right there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a some royal uh, royal sperm right there. do you think Amond, when he goes back and they're like, you did what? Do you think he's going to be like, yo, I couldn't control Vagar, Vagar kind of like, I didn't mean to. Or do you think he's going to try to look badass and like, yeah, he insulted our family. And so I had to do it. Or like, how do you think he's going to handle that? I think that's a really good question. You said like, I think we know the answer. I well, no, because I was going to ask you which one's more gross than the... the, the, the <laughs> I think with that one, I'm blinded by the tweets. Like all the tweets were like, Eamon, when he shows back up at King's Landing, it's him being like, Ooh. you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> that. Like he's, yeah, that is a good question. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I a, think- it's two different things. Is he is he honest with 
his, you know, the auto and Allison, but then how they spin it. You know, I think he probably comes oh, back yeah. to them and he's like, ah, this has happened. But then Otto's like, we got to own it at this point. We're not yeah. going to apologize for it. You know, so it's two different things, but whether the, the realm hears and, and what the family hears. I like okay. that actually. Also, we had a discussion about this last time too. Do you guys think that Otto is still at Dragonstone? He hasn't left yet, has he? I don't think he has. Like I mean, he was waiting there for an answer the next day. That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought he was like still waiting there. So I think that will make a difference as well of like being able because then if Otto was back, then he could be like, well, look, we gave Rhaenyra a chance and she didn't. They can say that she denied it or she did the first move or something like made a made a gesture or whatever. And then now she's I don't even know. Maybe just, that she sent Luke there to do something to Aegon or, or I mean, Aemond or whatever. I just think that if if Otto was still there, they would have showed that. I think that he just bounced. I don't know. I really think he's there. We should make bets on that. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I just assumed he left, but I I guess I don't know. Yeah, where where do you fall on that, Travis? I would say he left. I think it's been days. I I guess I assumed it was a few days before Luke left. So I would would say he's gone. And Allie? Yeah, I assume we're going to get another time jump, episode one, season two. So, like, I don't think he would, like, still be there or something because i think we're gonna go into the future but yeah like again i saw the tweet that was like in the book it's like several days later that they find out See, man, but that's i think that's a cop out if we get a time jump i'll be so mad like i want to see amen walking in they're like so how'd it go <laughs> how are things over there like, like you think we shouldn't get to see that we shouldn't be deprived of that nah, i feel like we will i feel like we'll yeah, see they have to yeah all right, moving on to our next award, Best Death. So there were some really good ones here for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I actually have three options myself, but I want to hear what you all think first. So, Kelsey, why don't you lead us off with your Best Death? Um, I mean, the most badass death for sure is Princess Lena going out in her own terms. She knows what's about to happen. She overhears the doctor talking to Damon about, yo, you can either cut her open and the child might survive. We're not sure, but the mom's definitely going to die, but I've done everything I can here. And obviously there's some foreshadowing that hits you on the head, I think in that episode, but she says that she wants to go out or maybe the episode before that she wants to go out a dragon fighter's death or a dragon rider's death. And mm-hmm. she does, and she goes out on her own terms. So that was my favorite death. Um, but Luke's <laughs> Luke's bitch ass uh, in Ali's terms. <laughs> getting (laughs) getting uh getting murks i mean that's just gonna that sets off the whole dance of the dragon so i think that's that's dumb um i mean it's great and then also i guess the shittiest death is fucking sir kristen just pushing down the maester and he just fucking can't control his body like a marionette and just falling and getting his whole face caved in that's a shitty death oh yeah i forgot about that one that was (laughs) That was funny. He pushed him down, and then he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, it was that that ball? I don't know what that ball is that they all yes! of all of them at that table." Just, I don't know. I don't they know. never explained it. No, they didn't. Yeah. Like, I like it, but I don't understand it. Yeah, Allie, who who was the best death for you? Um, definitely best death for me was Damon's first wife. 
that shit was so funny like just all of a sudden he's just there like shyston like he does and you're like oh my god he's gonna kill her this is wild and then just the (laughs) aftermath when her cousin is like oh like i'm will adventure and he literally says who are you like it was oh it was just classic Damon, you know? <laughs> He's like, actually, I've been meaning to talk to you because I'm the heir of that area now too, right? Should I just go and claim claim what's owed to me, right? And the guy's like, uh, see you later. <laughs> yeah, he just like, he pops up in the shyst fit and it's like, you know, you know what's yeah. going down. It's just so funny to me. Well, she could have survived if she wouldn't have talked shit. Like, he was about yeah. to just walk away. Yep. He's yep. like, all right, you stay here with your horse. It's fine. Someone will find you. <laughs> phase okay you go first uh best death for me was Baymond, where he just got his head chopped sliced right off by my bae damon because he was just <laughs> yelling about damon's wife he's just yelling about rainera and how she has bastards and she's a whore and well yeah, how, how, that... how did that sound how did how did he how did he say that oh i think you should tell us noah <laughs> Wait, you yeah, mean yeah. the part where he's like, her children are bastards! <laughs> She's a whore! <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Nailed it. And then just, boom, sliced off from behind. You this didn't see time. it coming. It was just, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> it's funny. Actually, Kelsey, t- like, said mine at fr- like, Kelsey went from saying uh, Lena, which was mine originally, but then right after that, when she was like, but Luke, and I'm like, oh, yo, I didn't think of that one. So I think I might go with Luke, like, because that was wild. And I don't have like anything as like crazy as that scene was. I don't have that scene for like any award. So I think I'll, I'll say that I went in. Obviously, like Travis said, it has the most ramifications, like long term. Huh. Also, yep. so crazy it was one chomp. Like, literally, yep. it's not like Vagar went back for like seconds and thirds. Like, she just like it was just like the the like most like nonchalant like chomp and just bits and pieces scattered everywhere. Like, and it just truly showed the size of Vagar. Like, obviously, yeah. the scenes ahead of it did too. But you're just like, holy shit! Mm-hmm. Travis, do you have any ones that weren't covered yet? Um, yeah, I'll say uh, best death was Joffrey, our guy Joffrey, pre, pre-time jump. <laughs> Remember, he, he he thought he was like Littlefinger. He's like silent up the Christian Cole. He's like, hey, I got some secrets for you. He's like trying to make alliances. And then he just gets his face bashed in in the middle of a wedding. So so Joffrey, which you've been trying. No, that's good. And then again, anytime that someone named Joffrey gets murdered yeah. brutally, it's just great. I have two yeah. other good options. The first would be King Viserys. Um, it was just such an awesome death and and the actor just acted his ass off although they wrote his character so well and just seeing visually like you know his mannerisms you know mimicking how terrible his body looked I just thought that death was very effective and very good and then my last one would be that one soldier in the opening scene of like I don't know episode two or something like that where he's getting tortured by the crab feeder. He's like <laughs> on the stake and Damon comes in with the fire and, and Caraxes and he's like, yes, Damon's here to save me. You guys are all fucked now. <laughs> save me, Damon. And then like the dragon fucking just stomps. Great <laughs> memory. I forgot about that. I, I totally forgot. forgot. Yeah, oh that's my God. great. Those were my favorite moments overall now that I think about it. Yeah, I thought that, <laughs> that was, was really <laughs> Honestly though, that's a way better death just getting squished by a dragon foot than getting slowly eaten by 
by a crab. Oh, and, like, hell yeah. Yeah. That dude was like a guy in a LeBron James jersey going to a game, like sticking his hand out for a high five, and LeBron James just like walks right by him. Like, that's or no, just LeBron James smacks game. him in the face. Like, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, kid. That's totally the same, Brad. Yeah. The very... <laughs> He's like, you know, like when LeBron just ignores a random fan and like it's the same oh, as like getting squished by your so like he <laughs> yeah. was so all about it. Like, here we go. Let's get him, guys. Also, yeah, I love how he's talking. Yes, he's talking so much shit as he's chained to a pole, getting <laughs> eaten by crabs. No, he's getting talked shit to by like the crab feeder guy saying that like you're a bastard and all this shit. And you're like, how? Like talking, like going back to like also like about like oh like every man like you're in the worst possible position to be talking any kind of shit like whether you get stomped by a dragon or not like holy shit oh god I forgot about that one yeah. well <laughs> a lot of good moments for sure our next award would be for best scene of the season uh, let's keep it with you Travis what do you got for your favorite scene. Yeah, this was a hard one. This was a hard one for sure. I, I'd say my favorite scene was in, I keep. I feel like I keep going first half of the show. Maybe that speaks to my my thoughts on the show overall. But pre-time jump, when Renera stands up to Damon, when she's on Otto's side to get the egg back from Damon. Yeah. Um, on on the cat on the stairs of, um, what's uh, where they live, where the target Dragonstone. Is, uh, Dragonstone. Thank you. They're on the stairs of Dragonstone. She's on Otto's side against Damon and she comes out on top. She, she totally owns it. She controls the moment. She gets the egg back. There's no bloodshed. And then just comparing it to the scene later on when she's at the exact same place on the stairs, but on Damon's side, um, I, I thought it was a, a, just a cool comparison, but I, I'll, I'll take it for, for one scene. I'll take the early one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. What about you, Allie? Um, yeah, I'm gonna piggyback off Kate's favorite death. Like, it was for sure when Damon just slices Damon's head yeah. right in half and is like, he can keep his tongue. So good. Um, but I also feel like I've been wanting to touch on this. I feel like a lot of people or just the internet overwhelmingly are gonna say like, oh, when Allison walked in in the green dress or whatever. Oh. And I'm just totally with Kelsey, like, it, I'm not even like I fucking hate Allison like I normally am with literally everything it's just like she's she like was not believable at all like she was so performative like no part of me was like oh Allison's a force to be reckoned with like people being like she's just like Cersei I'm like are we watching the same show like she absolutely sucked so really I just wanted to take that moment to say that Allison was literally terrible, didn't seem cool, did not seem powerful, and was a bitch. Anyway, what was yours, Noah? Oh, I think Kate, I think Kate should go next. Kate, what was your favorite scene? Well, actually, <laughs> I knew it was Allison walking into <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she pulled your card, Kate. And not because, not because like, it was like Allison was like oh a big powerful scary girl at that point it was just like for me just like a huge turning point of like oh shit like you know like they are not friends anymore like they they cannot trust each other anymore um and I just thought like visually like I just thought it was really cool with her just like coming in right in the middle of Viserys' speech and the music and everything I just that still that scene still gives me chills 
it's funny you mentioned you guys mentioned like the you know hitting things <laughs> over the head which i never felt that way this the only time i really felt that way was during that scene when laris leans in and is like she's wearing all green oh you yeah know what that means i'm like no one talks like that like no one's at the wedding of like we all know what that means don't we <laughs> see but like okay hold on so I agree with you, Kate. I did like that scene. And I and I actually liked, it's heavy handed for sure. But I liked how he said that because at that point we hadn't heard the whole greens versus the blacks. Like, no, I guarantee no one even realized that House Hightower's colors were green. And so by making that, like that would have fallen much more flat if they didn't explain it the way that they did. True. Yeah, but that's a perfect example though of something that would happen that comes out later or that is like explained in a more roundabout prior. way yes yeah. like, like we would have figured it out just like we always did yeah yeah okay. okay do better and we'll figure it out <laughs> do <Yeah>. better <laughs> all right so does that leave me go ahead or brad did you you just said right no my favorite scene um you guys talked a little <laughs> bit about a scene but wait <laughs> Go, Kelsey. Go, ahead. Go, ahead, Kelsey. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I'm confused of what's happening. Okay. You guys <laughs> talked about earlier about a scene between uh, Damon and King Viserys, but I had another one of when Viserys is going up the steps towards the Iron Throne and Damon picks up his crown and puts it on his head. And then the fact that you learn after that that was improv is just it's so beautiful i think it eloquently shows the dynamic between viserys and damon that you guys mentioned earlier of how damon always had his back no matter what they were true brothers and it was just a really beautiful and powerful scene and yeah. I, that one yeah, was that. definitely my favorite i love that scene i didn't want to choose it because i'm like oh everyone's gonna pick that oh, one so i didn't want to choose it but i, that I one, love that scene everyone was gonna pick it. so good Hmm. Travis. Well, I already well, went with the favorite scene with Renero. Oh, my bad. Sorry. And then so Brad. Yeah, I, I actually had the Viserys climbing the Iron Throne, which I yeah. And that's why I do think, like you know, and I know we'll get more into it. Like I disagree with Ali. Like I think I like the show more than Ali did. Like I definitely don't think it compares to Game of Thrones. But I think that's good that like we all had different scenes because I think it would be a sign of a really bad show if we're all like, yo, the only scene we're talking about is this, like. When I picked him climbing the Iron Throne, I'm like, dude, that's what everyone's going to have. But everyone's picked, like, different scenes. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was a really good scene. So I'm like, mm. there there at least were a few to choose from. I thought it was going to be everybody yeah. picking either Damon heading towards the Crab Feeder or climbing the Iron Throne. I thought it was going to be those two between everybody and, like, no one had picked those. So. Well, I have a different one, too, actually. <laughs> my my favorite one was the last supper or king viserys's last supper and uh, because there were so many elements that went into that scene that i thought were just so so good where you had like the really heartfelt portion where like you see the king who looks like shit really begging his family to like please get along i'm begging you i'm asking you this not as a king but you know a father and a brother and this and that uh like please and just you you kind of felt for him in that moment and you had some funny moments where uh what's her name bug girl is clowning on her husband Aegon, <laughs> and the you know a heartfelt parts where 
like Bela and Reyna and then Luke and Jace, like they were kind of having their little relationships and happy together. And they had a little dance section. And even Otto was over there like clapping, like Hercules, Hercules. (laughs) clapping for him when they're dancing. And then all of a sudden, you know, things go bad where Amon gives the strong boys toast and and shit goes down and, and all that. But I just think there were so many things and so many aspects of that scene that um, just made it so good. And, And we didn't even mention the one that Kelsey mentioned earlier, where, the, the the kind of scene where everything comes together after the after uh, Eamon's eye gets cut out and and it's really the first co- real confrontation there between Rhaenyra and Alicent uh, and you see the two factions you see the black side the green side um, and and I just that that one was really really great too so I agree with you a lot of good options Brad uh, but that's what you know is a mark of a, a great show now with you know, we talked about the the greatest scenes and our favorite scenes, but there were a lot of good lines too that are said by a lot of different characters. So what I want to do, I have a whole lot of options myself, uh, but since I already made a fool out of myself with the one, uh, we're going to go down the list. You all are going to say the lines and I would like you to say it in your impressions of the characters who said them originally. Ali G, you were the first one I'm looking at and you specifically <laughs> asked not to be called on first. So naturally. Come <laughs> on. Um, okay well I wrote (laughs) I wrote down a lot like obviously my favorite one my favorite character to my least favorite character is when Damon they're all at the funeral Damon goes to Otto and Otto's like I'm so sorry for your loss and Damon's like no matter how fat the leech grows it always goes for another meal (laughs) like that that was very good I like the hands on the hip, like a leech. (laughs) Another leech. Damon definitely did that. (laughs) For sure. Kate, you're next up. Um, Okay, I have two. I'll I'll try to do this. (laughs) The only thing that could tear down the house of the dragon was the dragon itself. Ooh. Negroni Sabliano with Prosecco. <laughs> oh, that was really good. Spagliato. I'm stuck with her voice, so if that sounded good, that's great. Okay, great Dude, work. We shouldn't break that. This and then I just have one more little one. Okay. What is this brief mortal life if not the pursuit of legacy? Just because, like, that's the whole thing that this whole show is about. And yeah, that was... um. Uh, oh my god, what's his name? Corliss, right? Sea Snake. Corliss, yes, yeah. Sea Snake. That's some Gandalf shit, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brad, you're up. All right, well, if, if I'm going to do as good a Damon impression as Allie did, I got to get my <laughs> hand on my hip, <laughs> lean back, apparently, and say, dreams didn't make us kings, dragons did. Who is that? <laughs> Damon Targaryen? He's like one of the main characters. Ever heard of him? <laughs> he is my husband, so. <laughs> Kelsey he Lee. Looks- oh my God, I spit water everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and, and folks, this is just more of a reason to be watching this on YouTube as opposed to listening to it on podcasting <laughs> platforms. It just brings a whole new element when you can see our stupid faces doing these things. <laughs> Actually, Brad looks like he fucking threw out his hip. He was like... <laughs> uh, Kelsey, what is your favorite line? Oh, shit. How do I follow up that performance? I don't know. Um, all right. 
I'd rather feed my sons to my dragons than have them serve your usurper bastard king. That's not the full. That's not the right thing. You didn't even look up the actual line. Okay, well, (laughs) drunken usurper cunt of a king. I was going to say, you left out the most important part. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't realize that this was going to be a fucking Shakespeare class, okay? I. Why did you deliver that in the accent of the sex worker that used to be with Damon? (laughs) That was absolutely... I don't sound like the okay. I was waiting for this impression. <laughs> right, I think Travis. we're doing very well here. We are, cr- <laughs> we so are cr- Hey, people, somebody needs to hire us to do whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Travis. Definitely didn't stand up. I'm from Viserys. He said, uh, called his dream the song of ice and fire. That's mine. I thought that was awesome. It's a throwback to the Game of Thrones. You know, full circle, a song of ice and fire, the way he linked the two shows. And, you know, Brad's point earlier about George R. R. Martin, even though Noah hates his guts, um, writing all this stuff so well, so well thought out from the beginning. I thought that was awesome. So that was my favorite, my favorite quote. Okay. Love it. My, there are a few other ones uh, that are, were pretty good. You guys covered most of them, though. So that's good work. Um, all right. <laughs> it's exhausting, isn't it? hiding beneath the cloak of your own righteousness, but now they see you as you are. That was my Please favorite one. Severus Snape. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that accent was. I'm not, I don't know what, what that accent hell? was. I was trying to be like a, a female, but I don't know what that was. I apologize to everybody. <laughs> oh, it was good. It was good. female, yeah. Some other runner-ups. How sweetly the fox speaks when it's being cornered by the hounds. That was Allison when talking to Viserys about Rhaenyra. Uh, and then you desire not to be free, but to make a window in the wall of your prison. I was gonna say that. That was a very good one as well. Oh, from yeah, that was really good. That was, yeah, when Rhaenys is like, Allison, go fuck yourself. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So good. So good. So well, wrapping it up, uh, we had a lot of a lot of good characters that we liked, a lot of bad characters that we hated. Who do you wish we got a little bit more time with? Who was a great character that you just wish we saw a little bit more this season? Allie G raising her hand. Bug girl, one hundred percent. Like <laughs> he was out here dropping the realist knowledge, like one hundred percent. Every time she spoke, she was like Yoda. Like every time she <laughs> spoke, you were like, yo, I'm about to get some knowledge right now. But no one took her seriously because she's a weirdo. Idiots! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good one. What are some other Mine was actually um, Lena because we barely saw anything of her, but she seemed like a total badass. I mean, she had the biggest, baddest dragon. And, like, we have no idea really how she got that, unless I missed that somewhere. No. Um, All she ever said was, I didn't have a dragon until I was much older. Well, so, so yeah, remember they, they did shoot, they shot a scene where she claimed, where she was able to bond with Vagar, and they just, they cut it. It was just a deleted scene. I don't know why. That would have been cool, yeah. but I don't know. She seemed like a really cool chick. I would have loved to, like, see more of her and like even her and Damon's relationship we saw just like so little of it hmm. All right. I agree with that I agree with that Kate um and to your point about deleted scenes 
I think there was a lot of deleted scenes that would have helped us build a lot more character, especially yeah. behind Damon and his relationship with his family and his daughters. Um, and just some other scenes that, uh, you know, we saw on Twitter that were supposed to happen or things that changed from the books and things like that. So there wasn't a particular character. Maybe I wish that the season was elongated, like Brad alluded to earlier of not having so many time jumps or learning more about what's happening in those time jumps. But I think, um, some of those deleted scenes would have helped a lot. Travis, did you have crab feeder? <laughs> no, I crap Peter got well, one time mentioned for me. Okay, just like just, then then, then yeah. you go. I just didn't want because I had him and I was like, oh, wh what you said earlier. I was like, oh, that's going to be Travis's then. Okay. Who'd you mine, have? I'll, I'll say mine real quick. Yeah. And so mine, mine is Corliss Laren, I think. I um, He's the only one that did anything in the show. You know, the whole show is scheming and planning. And I think season two, you know, shit's going to hit the fan. But really, season one was scheming and planning. Corliss was just off at war, like the whole episode. He was off like four or five years, just off battling people. So let's see more of that. Let's see more of what he's doing in the Stepstones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think House Valerian was my entire uh, wish I would have seen more of between the daughter, yeah. between Damon's daughters and between Lena and all of them. I just I was really interested in their dynamic. I really liked the relationship with Rhaenyra and Corliss in general. But yeah, Corliss was that dude. Um, so I wish we would have seen more. Plus, I guess, you know, maybe Carl with a Q. I, what, what is it about this guy that makes Lenor give it all up? You know what I mean? <laughs> give everything up. For the <laughs> uh, Something's oh, been given up. Yep, yep, yep. Well, question for you all. Um, and this is a big one, and I feel like I know the answers of some of you, but I want you to keep into context. Like, this is we're just talking about season ones. And my question is, which show had a better season one, House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones? Now, Game of Thrones, it started with the opening scene with the White Walkers at the wall. We saw King Robert and his family visit Winterfell after the death of John Aaron. Uh, Ned and and the girls went to King's Landing, Jon Snow at the Night's Watch, Robert died, and it all kind of culminated with the beheading of uh, of Ned Stark. Now, this one, we've talked about it, uh, everything we've talked about here, you know, starts with the Great Council and uh, the friendship between Rainier and Alicent, all the time jumps, 20 years this show spanned, this one season spanned 20 years, um, Damon versus the Crab Feeder, Vagar, all that stuff, and it, it culminated in the war really starting with Vagar and Aemon killing Luke. So not thinking about the full body of work of which show fully is better, but just season one, Travis, let's start with you. Which one do you think is better, Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon's first seasons? I don't want to bash on House of the Dragon. I enjoyed the show. I am very much looking forward to season two. I am glad I watched but it doesn't come close in my mind to Game of Thrones season one. Season one of Game of Thrones, the and it's the whole season was great, but the Ned Stark moment was legitimate jaw dropper. I, I don't know the actor's name, but he was the only A-list actor in the show. The rest were mostly unknowns, and I'm sure there's a few that people would say were not totally unknown. Whatever, I didn't know any of them. So he's the only guy I recognized. For him to die, for him to be killed in season one was completely unexpected for me. And that led me, I mean, the, the second that, season one ended, I read all the books, you know, up until, as you know, no, as you mentioned, only, only six, we're not all the way there yet. So <laughs> I read all the books immediately because I was so into it. So um, I did like House of the Dragon, but yeah, it's not close. It's Game of Thrones. Kelsey. Oh, absolutely. I think Travis hit the nail on the head. Um, House of the Dragon was great. It was fine. And Ali said this earlier too, that it was entertaining and I want to keep watching. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sad that there's going to be two years before we have House of the Dragon back. 
but it's just, there's no comparison. I mean, it's just game of Thrones, the whole body of work. Yes. But like season one of game of Thrones changed the way that TV is done. Um, you see all these shows trying to emulate that a lot with like a lot of really surprise things, maybe killing off main characters and things like that, but it absolutely changed the course of, um, of television history. And just so, like you said, Noah, you can go back and watch it 10, 15, 20 times, however many times you want. And you're always going to notice something new and it's always going to tie into something else later that in such a smart and beautiful way. So I just think that you miss that with house of the dragon. So that's my, it's my vote game of Thrones. Brad. I mean, I love House of the Dragon. Like, I really, really did. Like, I thought it was, like, it was a great show. Like, I'm enjoying it. Like, I can't believe, same as Kelsey said, I can't believe after wait two years. So this is not a knock on it. But, and I really tried all day to put myself in that state of mind. Okay, okay what is really better? Like, I went and watched, like, recaps to season one and, like, put, I don't think it's close. I was like, I think it's going to be a little closer than, like, I'm thinking. But, like, re like watching what I did today of, like, season one of Game of Thrones, I'm like, it's not close like so much and it's crazy it's like i forget who said it earlier someone was like oh no you were talking about like people had questions about game of thrones season one like i didn't know what the fuck was going on in that show and i loved it like that is crazy like i was like re-watching the season one recap today i was like i had no idea who that person was like seven episodes in and like that ended up being this or like you hadn't met stannis yet you just hear him like talked about i'm like this is so good i'm like versus House of the Dragon, like, I knew everything, so maybe that was part of it, too. There was no, like, mystery of, like, what is this place they're mentioning? Like, why is this important? Like, it was very spot on. Well, this is why this is important. Like, you kind of knew everything. Hmm. Okay. Kate? You guys pretty much just, like, took the words out of my mouth, really. I mean, I totally agree. I, I loved House of the Dragon. I thought it was great, but Game of Thrones season one beats it for me, for sure. Um, <clears throat> kind of like you said, Kelsey, like, it's just, it was so like revolutionary at the time. Like there's a brother and sister having sex and killing kids. Like that was not on TV, like <laughs> at all. And then kind of like Travis said, you know, like killing off the main character and they like did all their advertising around Sean Bean because he was the big actor. So to kill him mm -hmm. off was like completely unexpected. And now it's like, more expected in tv shows especially like house of the dragon like we are more expecting like these big crazy moments these big crazy deaths um but and to the i see why they had to do the time jumps in house of the dragon to like get to the story because it's over so many years but i liked that there wasn't that in game of thrones it was so much character building in just the first season and you don't really do a lot of time jumps you're just following these characters like as they develop mm -hmm. yeah i want you guys know i like to stir the pot i really wanted to head in here tonight and argue house of the dragon i was like almost trying to convince myself but then i watched <laughs> that game of thrones season recap and was like reliving those moments and i was like man i can't i can't do it Allie. um yeah i mean everyone has said it all at this point similar to Travis yeah like I remember watching the first season and then going and reading the books and I hate reading but I was just so <laughs> into it and like honestly like Game of Thrones season one 
is a just perfect season of television. Everything is perfect. Like I'm very big into the character development. And so I love that. And it's like, I feel like eventually we'll be able to go down the road with House of the Dragon, I hope. And in season like four, be like, oh, that throwback to season one or things like that. But with Game of Thrones, like it was within season one, you'd get to episode nine and be like, oh, throwback to episode two of season one Mm -hmm. that you just like, it was just so good and yeah obviously killing off Ned Stark like un- like no one saw it coming no inkling no hint no, no nothing it yeah revolutionized television like, I was- think oh sorry to interrupt no, you. was that the last Ned Stark was the uh, end of season no no, no a it- lot happened after that like Rob okay. finds out like his whole family John wants to leave and go back it, it ends with that. it ends with Rob getting crowned king in the north. No, Danny. Okay. Danny of the dragons. Uh, well, and well, yeah, yes, and then Danny, and yeah, then the like, dragons are born. I literally just got chills. I okay, mean, yeah, like that's it. That's insane. But to your point, I remember all of us. I think that episode ended with him like it going to black, yeah, and everyone yeah. being like, "No, yes. no yeah, way!" Yeah, yeah. Someone came in, Correct. like shot an arrow, like someone saved him, or they that it was Joffrey fucking around, like. Even that, it was so unbelievable, even in that moment. Like, it yeah. just, yeah, it's giving me chills again. Like, and the no. fact that it ends with Danny walking out with fucking fire with dragons, that's insane. You didn't even and mention titties. that in your recap. And some more titties yeah, in that season. And some, and some so immaculate. Yeah. Um, I think you guys said it. And, and really, Brad, just like you, I, I want to go against the grain and say House of the Dragon season one was better. I think there's a lot of things that go against House of the Dragon when we're having this argument. And and number one, like you all have said, like this season one of Game of Thrones, particularly how it ended, Ned Stark getting killed, it transcended how stories are told and how TV is made and the expectations of the viewers that watch and consume this content. So now everybody is waiting for that next big thing is anticipating that next big thing and just nothing will ever be as shocking as that was in the moment and so to an extent house of the dragon is victims of a victim of the success that the previous story already had so i think there's that and 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 i do feel strongly about that i also think that with the time jumps it makes it really difficult and i think they they really did the best that they could do with the way that they chose to tell that story, but it also made it a little bit jarring how that happened multiple times. Certain characters were portrayed by three different actors. Like it just, it makes it very difficult and it makes it seem a little jumbled. So I think that's hard uh, as well. And, you know, we talked about it multiple times where I think that now that Viserys is dead, now that the dance with the dragons has begun, I don't anticipate any more time jumps at all. And now they'll just be telling more of a cohesive story. And so I'm wondering if like this whole season kind of was a prologue to the real story, which basically will kick off starting with season two. And so that's what I'm hoping for. And I'm hoping all these problems that maybe we saw with season one, it was just isolated to this season because they had to set it up through many, many years and many generations in order to tell the story they want to tell. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Like, yeah, part of me wishes season one could have been two seasons just to get more backstory, but I don't know if fans would have been patient enough with that. Yeah. Like you said, like, we kind of got spoiled by Game of Thrones. Like, I don't know if we're, after knowing where Game of Thrones takes us and we do have those, like, crazy moments, I don't know if House of the Dragon had that much time to play with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
you have stuff plus like you know they have to they know what fans are expecting based on game of thrones so they have to give fans what they want but then also not do it the same way and make it formulaic and maybe go away from episode nine having that crazy thing happening because that's what everyone's expecting so but at the same time not being too different where then fans are like what the hell is it so it's a very tough job that they took on and i think that overall they did a very very good job despite the few flaws that we've all talked about but moving on to season two I know I'm very excited and I'm very excited for season two. I think that one thing definitely needs to happen. We need a new theme song. Like straight up, we need a new theme song. I liked the nostalgia of hearing the original one and I just love that song so much, but it doesn't fit with this show to me. I think we need a new theme song for sure, for sure. And I love, I like the idea of the title sequence that we we detailed and I want to say episode two of our podcast of the bloodline and seeing the entire blood um, kind of spilling from, you know, of, of the entire family, but no one knew what those sigils are. No one knows who represents. And really a cool thing about game of Thrones was that you'd watch it every single episode and be like, Oh, we're going to this, uh, this kingdom. Now we're going to see this, this time, like, that's going to be cool. We haven't seen it yet. And everyone paid attention to that and, and knew exactly what that was. I can tell you for a fact, cause I paid attention to this. The, opening credits was updated every time for this when we got new characters, but no one needed to pay attention to it because no one knew what it meant and it didn't matter. So it would have just been such a cool thing if they changed the whole opening credits to be a map again, just like Game of Thrones was, but of that painted table on Dragonstone with the embers under it, it looked so cool last episode and kind of having like that map at Dragonstone and having like going around to the different places. So that would be the similarity, but with a different song. That's my soapbox. Thank you for listening to me. But why don't you all go on? Tell me some of the things that you're the most excited for and to see in season two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what to expect, but I mean uh Rhaenyra is is pissed and I'm <laughs> excited to see her like get mad and break some shit, hopefully. Yeah, yeah I will say, Allison, like, yo, I had time to think about when you wanted to take my son's eye out to kind of even things out. I'll let you take my other kid's eye out, but I'm going to feed one of your other kids my dragon and we'll all call it even. <laughs> I will say, I think I talked about this last episode was I was a little disappointed in grown Rhaenyra. Um, I think she's a little complacent. I know that she's like trying to be peaceful and things like that, but I think a lot of the decisions that she makes or the way that she thinks doesn't make sense for the gravity of the situation and for all the things that keep happening one after another, that it's clear that the greens want nothing to do with peace and that they're going to do this shit, which ends up happening. And then even after it happening, like she just seems kind of like, ah, well, I'll think about it. Let me, I'll talk to you in the morrow. So I'm really hoping that the dragon comes out. Um, and then obviously you guys referenced this too earlier, Damon and Amon's like, I want Eamon to get got so bad. And if Damon dies, I'm going to be oh. emo, sad. Not I'll happy. quit watching. <laughs> Am I the only not one of Eamon versus Damon? Am I the only one that's team Eamon? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I don't know, Brad. I'm not I'm not fully team Damon. I can't say I'm team yeah. Damon. Even I'm, I'm, I'm torn, but I'm not fully team Damon for sure. Oh, I thought it would be like a little bit more like, I knew the majority of people were going to be like, yeah, I'm I'm all aiming all the way. 
Wow. I think you are just hedging your bets right now because you're like, oh, there's no way that Rhaenyra and Damon both stay alive. Like, uh, oh, no, no, no. I would, I no. just like Damon <laughs> better. I, I would just, I like Damon better and rather see him hey. long, longer. Yeah, Brad, can you show us Damon's face right now, please? Which I is it? <laughs> like permanent blue steel, like in the battle of the stupid faces, which I hope that next episode is dubbed informally. Like the battle of the stupid faces. faces. And I think Matt Smith's face is dumb, believe me. Beady eyes versus one eye. <laughs> like blue steel one eye. Like he that dude's mouth just oh my god, I can't with him. <laughs> And that his chin literally goes all the way from Westeros to Dragonstone. Like, they should have known that it was him just based on his chin being in the sky. That shit crosses the narrow sea. <laughs> that was, that was the, the bridge, or like, was it like a giant's causeway that ends yeah, going yeah. under the sea? Well, just opening up to anybody. Anything we're excited for for season two or maybe any predictions that you all have for season two? You know, I'm excited to see Rhaenyra and Damon. They're not going to, I don't know, are they going to stay on the same team the entire time on this fight? I mean, there's definitely some some conflict between the two of them, so that'll uh -huh. be interesting. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I've got one prediction. I think Eamon is the father of Aegon and Bug Girl's kids, and I think that's going to come out in season two and he's going to flip sides. I think it's going to be that thing that no one would think would ever happen. Like, the show always gives us what is the least likely thing that can happen, and I think it's Eamon ultimately being with uh, Team Black. So, Eamon... You think Eamon... Oh, so, Bug Girl cheated on Aegon with Eamon. I think those are Eamon's kids, and I think that family is... Like, Aegon's going to find out, and Eamon's going to take that family to Dragonstone, and he knows that's the only place that they'll be safe, and they'll be like, yo, fuck this guy. Like, I think that's going to be the conflict is like, fuck him. He killed Luke and blah, blah, blah. But then like the strategic side of them is going to be like, yo, but we also now get the biggest dragon on our side. And I think that's going to create more conflict within Team Black of like, yo, what's more important? Like that you, you let your emotions control you or you do what like strategically is going to win you this war. But if that happens, then Team Team Green has absolutely no chance. The only thing that is helping them is that they have Vagar. Like they you have nothing that, else. This should, Game of Thrones always does a good job of like you think that like yo who's fucking with Daenerys? Like she got three dragons and then all of a sudden I've got a, a scorpion that'll kill dragons and you wheel yeah. that and you're like oh yeah exactly. you got that okay thing well that was some bullshit dragons. that <laughs> it was some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, anybody have anything else? <laughs> All right. My, my only prediction, my only prediction, real quick, is that neither Rhaenyra or Aegon win. Both of them, I don't know what will happen. One will die. One, both will die. But someone else will win the game of Thrones. Well, I mean, we know that this is basically the destruction of the whole family. So I'd say that that's probably correct, right? Because if one side just won and then they continued on, like then we probably would be fine. So I, I like that prediction for sure. Yeah, I've I mean, said we don't know that they die. What was that, Brad? We don't know that they all die. No, that's true. That's true. Um, well, no, they don't because obviously Daenerys, her mom ends up escaping somewhere else, and they so, so someone stays alive. They're just in the shadows, and they're just trying to like yeah. be like um under the wraps. But um, I still think because I can't get over why they would make the White Worm so 
prominent and in such a stupid way for so many times, I think there's something with her and it's going to somehow lead to like little finger or something. I still think that she has like some connection because didn't he say his mom was a whore and like all this stuff. So I don't know. There's, I don't know why I cannot get that out of my head. I just can't, but, or some, or she wouldn't be his mom. Cause it's like, like 200 years earlier, Yeah, but maybe not mom. I don't know. Just, I feel like, I don't know why I can't get it out of my head, but clearly there's something with her and the stupid kid pit or whatever. So (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, as always love talking about the stuff with you guys. It's been really awesome. Recapping. This is now 11 episodes that we did together uh, for season one of house of the dragon. And it was just really awesome talking about it and laughing about it with all of you guys. Um, And don't worry (laughs) for all of you people listening just because House of the Dragon's over, Superhero Faces and the Geek and You Shall Find podcast rolls on. We'll have a lot of content that you like to hear about, that like to talk about um, coming up for you with the next one being about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're all checking it out on opening night. So you all will be the first to hear our thoughts on that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. And to all of our subscribers that speak Dothraki, Fornos check. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of the Geek and You Shall Find podcast, powered by Superhero Faces. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Superhero Faces. And on Instagram at Superhero underscore Faces.